Amen. You can have a seat. So we are in uh, week three of a nine-week series, and um, each week we're really building on things we've been talking about in previous weeks. So um, if you happen to be new today, that's okay. You're not going to be totally lost. Uh, I'll definitely try to catch you up, but I would strongly encourage you to go back and try to listen to weeks um, or parts one and especially part two. You can do that on our website um, or you can subscribe to Apple Podcasts or Spotify and listen to our messages there. Um, So real quick, uh, two big statements that we've made so far. Um, First, we've said this, most of the time or most of us, most of the time, if we're honest, we feel exhausted, anxious and empty. Right When we're honest with ourselves, when we're honest about our lives, uh, most days we're worn out, right? Most weeks, most years, we're worn out, we're anxious, and we're running on empty. And then last week I said that the problem isn't just our work, it's not just our schedules, it's not just our busyness or our screen time, uh, it's about something that is so much deeper. It's about a modern creed that we have all bought into and embraced and believed and actually lived by whether we realize it or not. And the creed is this, I am my own and I belong to myself. And we spent a ton of time talking about this last week. Essentially, this means I am wholly responsible for my life. I am responsible for figuring out and discovering who I really am and what my purpose in life is. And so life becomes this exciting journey, right? It's a journey of self-discovery. It's a journey of self-expression. It's a journey of becoming the best version of myself. And this idea and this belief and this journey, it's, it's exhilarating and it's freeing and it's empowering. And in fact, our culture helps us on this journey in so many ways. There is no shortage of tools at our disposal. Let me share with you a few of them. We have endless options for customization and self-expression, right? You can customize and express who you are through your fashion choices, uh, through tattoos, through body piercings, through plastic surgery, through your musical taste, through morning coffee beverages, through your car, through how you decorate your house, through what your favorite sports team is, right? The, in, the, the options are endless, And you might be thinking, um, yeah, well, what's the big deal about that? The big deal is it hasn't always been this way. This is new in human history. If you lived a few hundred years ago, uh, you probably would have worn the same clothes every day that everyone else wore. You, You would have eaten the same food. You wouldn't have had a favorite restaurant. You wouldn't have had a favorite sports team you were cheering for. You wouldn't have had thousands of coffee options in the morning. You wouldn't have driven a car that was unique to you. You wouldn't have decorated your house in a unique way. Uh, You would have had some options, some choices to make in life, but they were limited and they had nothing to do with expressing your identity. Now, we also have endless micro communities for identity affirmation, right? There's endless groups of people that you can find or discover, especially online, that will affirm and validate the identity that you've chosen. And as we said last week, our identities always need validation and external affirmation. We also have endless products for happiness optimization, right? That's partly the goal of 
making the most of our lives, to be happy, to optimize that happiness. And some of us find meaning and happiness in our work, but more and more of us are finding it in recreation, in experiences, in hobbies, in sports, in food, in traveling, in toys, and in tech devices, right? And finally, we have endless tools and techniques for personal perfection. Because that's really the ultimate goal, to get better and better and better at everything we do. So whatever you find meaningful, whether it's work or play, whether it's raising kids or or being healthy, whether it's making the perfect latte at home or finding the perfect camping spot on the weekend, we have endless tools and techniques to perfect every single part of our lives. Uh, Let me show you a quick advertisement. This is Apple's new Series 8 watch. So take a look. So, you've taken up running. Apple Watch has taken up a few new things as well. First, it tracked your distance. Now, it's tracking your stride length. It learns your favorite route and lets you race against yourself. You're behind. Yeah, you're behind. When you're swimming, it can tell a breaststroke from a backstroke from a kickboard. And when you're done, it dries itself off. This isn't a dream. Your watch can take an ECG. But if it was a dream, that watch would track your REM sleep down to the minute. It checks your heart rate. It checks for temperature changes to estimate when you've ovulated. It checks out when you're buying spaghetti. It could already detect if you fell. Now the microphone detects impact noise. The accelerometer senses rapid deceleration. And the barometer measures a shift in pressure consistent with an airbag going off. So it can check if you need help after a serious car crash. And hey, it also shows your ground contact time. Amazing. Have a nice run. Uh, That is amazing, right? Um, I mean, we should celebrate the technology that can create a watch like that, that can do things unimaginable when I bought my ancient Series 3 Apple Watch three years ago, right? Uh, But did you catch the larger message? It's not enough for you to go outside and exercise your body and enjoy the weather. No, now we can help you monitor your speed, your time, your distance, your stride length, your ground contact time, I didn't know that was a thing, and it learns your route, it records your route, and it tells you when you're running behind yourself, right? You are now losing to yourself. Our tools and our devices are telling us when we are not perfecting ourselves. And that speaks to the tremendous burden of this creed. I am my own, and I belong to myself. The reason we're exhausted is because we're constantly trying to figure out who we are, and then we're needing to express that to other people so that they can validate it and affirm it. And when they don't, we, had to, we have to refigure out and recreate a new identity, and we're constantly feeling the burden of, of making our lives meaningful and purposeful, and we're constantly working to optimize and perfect every part of our lives. And it's exhausting, right? It's what's behind so much of our activity, so much of our insecurity, 
so much of our anxiety and so much of our emptiness because it often feels like we're pushing this boulder up a hill and we're just never getting to the top. Right? There's never rest. There's never relief from the grind. Now, today, I want to talk about two ways that we respond to this burden, to these burdens and to this exhaustion and to this emptiness that is created and that we're feeling. Two common responses. Uh, One response is to double down, to double down. Um, Double down, uh, as some of us know, is, is a gambling term. It's when you've got your hand and you've made your bet, right? And everyone else has stayed in. And now it's up to you to decide, are you gonna fold, right? Is your hand not good enough to stay in the game? Or are you going to double down? Are you going to raise the bet? Are you going to go all in, believing in your hand and believing in your ability to play the game? Uh, Here's a definition of double down from Merriam-Webster. To become more tenacious, zealous, or resolute in a position or undertaking. In other words, when you're tired... When life isn't working the way it should, or when you hit that wall, you decide you're just going to have to dig down deep and find what it takes to break through that wall. You're going to have to work harder. You're going to have to work smarter. You might have to work better. Maybe you need to take a vacation and figure out what's wrong and make some changes and come back a different person, but you are going to double down and make it happen. Doubling down means that you have identified your exhaustion and your emptiness as a problem to solve. If you're exhausted and empty, you just need to find a new strategy in life. Maybe some new techniques, some new tools, some different ways to manage your time. Maybe a, a new job is the answer. Maybe a new set of hobbies, a new group of friends. Maybe You need to move to a new place where you can actually discover and find and live out the best version of yourself. In fact, that's probably why a lot of us moved to Denver, right? The place we were living before wasn't working so well. And this is a great place to live and express and find the best version of yourself. To double down means I am going to get this boulder to the top of the hill. The problem is I've just been not trying hard enough, or I've been doing it wrong, and I just need some better tools and techniques. Uh, Author Alan Noble, um, whom I've been quoting a lot, uh, calls this the posture of affirmation. Because essentially, it affirms the foundational belief that I am my own, and I belong to myself. It's up to me to solve this problem. So that's one way to respond to the burdens we're carrying. The other way, the other way we respond is to check out. If doubling down is is going all in, to check out is folding your hand. It's the realization that I cannot win the game, right? It's believing that this exhaustion and this emptiness is never going to change. It's just a part of life. I'm never going to get to the top with the boulder. The game is unwinnable, and so we just check out. Now, we can check out in a whole bunch of different ways. Um, Sometimes uh, we rage quit, 
right? We get so angry and frustrated with the game, the exhaustion and the emptiness gets so unbearable, we just, we rage quit, right? We make rash and radical decisions. We suddenly quit our jobs, or we quit our marriages, or we quit our faith. Now, sometimes we do something slightly different. I would just call it tapping out, right? This is not done in in anger, but more a sense of, of resignation and loss. Anybody seen the TV show Alone? Right? It's this, it's this show where people have to, they're dropped in the wilderness and they have to survive there. And after a while, they're so tired and they're so lonely and they've lost so much weight because they can't find enough food and they've had so many setbacks that they pull out their satellite phone and they call the producers and they tap out. Which means, I'm done playing this game. I don't care about trying to win anymore. Uh, Many of you know I teach um, history to undergrads at DU down the road, and I've seen more and more students who are just tapping out. They're just not even showing up anymore. I I try to make my classes as interactive and as engaging as possible. I make just showing up to class a huge part of their grade. And uh, last quarter, I had one student who only came about half the time. He was only there about every other class. And he came up to me about halfway through the class, after class one day, and he said, by the way, Professor Herbst, I love your class. This is my favorite class I've taken at DU. I love it. Every time I'm here, it is so good. There's just a lot of days I can't make it to class. And I don't have anything specific. I don't have a good reason. I just can't do it all. (laughs) And another student who came every single class period for six weeks. We're on the quarter system, so our classes are 10 weeks long. And during week six, she stopped coming, and uh, she didn't turn in any of the assignments. And so I emailed her and said, like, what's going on? How can I help? Um, What can I do? Is something happening in your life? Um, And and she just, you know, wasn't coming to class. She wasn't turning on any assignments. And I said, you know, you're in danger if you don't come to class like the last four weeks at all, and you don't turn in any of these assignments. You're not going to pass the class. How can I help you? What can I do? She never responded, and she never showed up again. She paid $6,000 for this class, and she never came back. She just, she tapped out. Uh, Easily, the most common way we check out is through self-medication. Self-medication is knowing we have to keep showing up. And so what do I need to do? to get through the day? How do I need to cope? It's pain management. And we all do it. Uh, Some of us do it with actual medication just to make it through the day. Some of us do it with alcohol or marijuana or other substances. Uh, Many of us cope or self-medicate by binging TV shows when we get home or late at night, or or scrolling mindlessly through our phones for hours every day. And we know it's unproductive, right? We know it alienates us from other people. We know it's just an escape, and it's deeply unhealthy for us as humans. And we don't care anymore. We need the escape because we're exhausted and we're empty. There's other ways we cope and self-medicate. Some of us just start buying stuff, shopping online. Some of us watch porn. 
Some of us lose ourselves in romance or thriller novels. Some of us gamble. Some of us play Fortnite or FIFA or Call of Duty or fantasy football. Some of us just go to the mountains every single weekend. That can be a form of coping, right? It's not that all of our coping mechanisms are always depressing. It's that we've become dependent upon them to distract us or numb us or help us escape from the burdens that have become unbearable in our lives. Alan Noble calls this the posture of resignation because ultimately it's resigning ourselves to a life that will always be tiring and exhausting. And so the best thing you can do is just figure out how to cope. So what do you do? Are you someone who doubles down? Or are you someone who checks out? Uh, personality might play a role in this um, because some of us, because of our personalities, are more bent towards doubling down. Uh, if you're familiar with Enneagram, you're Enneagram 3 or 6 or an 8, maybe 1s and 2s. More often than not, your impulse is going to be to double down because that's just how you're wired. Uh, Enneagram 4s, 5s, 7s, probably 9s. Your impulse is often to just check out. Uh, Your age might play a role in this. If you're in your teens or your 20s or your 30s, oftentimes you're still optimistic. You're in the process of building your life and your identity. And so oftentimes you're just going to double down and keep pushing through. And then a lot of people somewhere in their 30s or 40s or 50s begin to question the value of all the things that they've been working so hard on. You begin to really face your failures and your limitations. You begin to see the game for what it is, an unwinnable game. And so the older we get, oftentimes the more resigned we are, the more we check out. Uh, Generation can play a role. Uh, Baby boomers, uh, you tend to be double downers, right? Because if you're a baby boomer, you are probably way more successful at improving your life than your parents ever were. Uh, Gen Xers, uh, we tend to to check out uh, in the 90s. We had Nirvana and Pearl Jam and Rage Against the Machine, right? We quit the game. We just didn't want to play it anymore. Uh, Millennials, you tended to be more hopeful about changing the world, about making a difference, about overcoming any obstacle in your way. But even now, millennials are saying over and over and over how exhausted and burned out they are. It's too early to say much about Gen Zers, but we know that they're experiencing higher levels of anxiety, stress, and depression than ever before. And there are more ways to cope and self-medicate massive industries dedicated to helping us cope and self-medicate more than ever before. But here's the truth. Um, Very few of us are one or the other. Most of us swing back and forth pretty regularly between doubling down and checking out. Some days we're doing all we can to make our lives better, right? We're working hard to improve. We're setting goals. We're trying to implement those three things we learned from that new podcast we listened to. We're trying to solve our problems. I mean, there's reasons why the Apple Watch sells so well because we use these tools to help us improve and win against ourselves, right? But then there's a lot of other days where we're exhausted 
and we're on the couch, scrolling through our phones, binging Netflix, needing a vacation, planning that next vacation, hoping that it will give us the rest that we desperately need, and knowing if it's anything like the last vacation, it probably won't help in the long term. And the real problem is this. Neither doubling down nor checking out will satisfy us or give us the relief that we so desperately need. Maybe momentarily, but not for very long. Because both actually deepen the burdens of I am my own and I belong to myself. You see, doubling down is simply saying, I am my own and I will succeed. Checking out is saying, I am my own and I can never win. But neither is addressing the root issue, the root belief that I still believe it's up to me. Alan Noble writes this, a posture of affirmation or doubling down runs you ragged. You become consumed with self-improvement and total work. And whenever you pause from your toil, you feel anxious and guilty. A posture of resignation or checking out leaves you aimless and dispirited. You live with the meaninglessness of it all, the impossibility of ever doing anything that matters. He goes on to say, in both modes, it's difficult to get out of bed. The affirming struggle to get out of bed because they're exhausted from trying to satisfy the inhuman demands of the world. The resigned struggle to get out of bed because they're exhausted from their awareness of the inhuman demands of the world. Either way, we're left exhausted and feeling empty. Now, I want to sort of wrap up today by saying this. If you feel this way, if the last few weeks have have resonated with you, if you're often often feeling tired and empty, if, if sometimes you find yourself doubling down and saying, like, I just need to, you know, Fill in the blank, however you fill it in. I just need to, I just need to. But then there's other times you find yourself checking out and you're coping and you're self-medicating and then you feel bad about it, but you're just doing what you can to get through the day. But you realize neither is actually helping and nothing is ever changing. If that's you, and I want you to know three things today. First, God sees you. He sees what you're going through. He sees what you're feeling. And he loves you. He sees your exhaustion. He sees you trying to to figure it all out when you double down. He sees you when you check out. He sees in you a deep desire for things to be different. And he has so much compassion. There's a story in the Old Testament about a woman named Hagar. She had checked out from her life for good reason, She had been mistreated and abused by Abraham and Sarah. And so she just ran away from everything. Again, for good reason, right? And so she's there in the desert, in the wilderness. And the book of Genesis says that God sees her there. He sees her and her exhaustion and her emptiness and her running away. Uh, There's a story in the book of Luke. Jesus is walking one day, and he sees a man in a crowd. There's tons of people there, but he sees this one man. And this man is a wealthy businessman. In fact, he's been doing everything he can to double down in life. 
He's decided he's going to do whatever it takes to get ahead, to be wealthy, to be successful. He's learned how to game the system in ways that nobody else has, right? Now he feels some regret and some guilt about what he's doing, but it's all he knows how to do. And Luke tells us that Jesus sees him. And he has compassion on him. And he calls him specifically by name. One more, Jesus one day is sitting at a well drinking water and he sees a woman there and they talk and she tells him all about her life and he sees right through her. She's trying to hide her failures and her struggles, but he knows that she's been bouncing around from relationship to relationship. She's been married five different times. And she thinks every new relationship in her life will be the one that works, will be the one that makes her life work, but it doesn't. And so it's like she keeps doubling down and then checking out, doubling down and then checking out. Now, we don't actually know her full backstory. Maybe her husbands are the ones that are divorcing her. Maybe she keeps going back into abusive relationships. Maybe she's sleeping around and it's screwing everything up. We don't really know what's going on, but it's clear that she's exhausted. She's empty. She's embarrassed. She's feeling humiliated. And Jesus sees her. And he has so much compassion for her. However you're feeling today, however you're coping, God sees you. And he knows what you're going through. A second, you're not the only one. I think one of the hardest things about the burdens and exhaustion that we carry is we often feel very alone in it. It feels like I'm the only one always running behind. It feels like the only only one who can't get my act together, can't catch up, right? It feels like I'm the only one who just keeps making resolutions and setting goals and never really achieving them, never making anything better. It feels like I'm the only one that's self-medicating and coping and crashing and numbing myself, especially when I come to church. Right? It feels like everyone else probably have their lives in pretty good order. But you're not the only one. We're all tired. We're all worn out. We're all trying our best. We're all coping in different ways. Sometimes they're healthy ways. A lot of times they're not very healthy ways. And it's taking a toll on all of us. On our physical lives, on our mental and emotional health, even on our spiritual We did a survey a couple of weeks ago that many of you filled out. Thank you for doing that. We asked one question on there. How would you describe your journey of faith right now? Look at some of these answers we got. Stagnant. That one showed up over and over. Crawling. On pause. In a rut. Weary. Aimless. Incredible pressure and stress. Doubting. Questioning God's faithfulness, exhausted, turbulent, disconnected, complicated. I'm just worn out. Those are just a few of the examples. Of course, some people said they were growing, they were moving forward, they were thankful for what God was up to. But most of us, look around, most of us are struggling. You're not alone. As a community of faith, we are a lot like an AA group, right? 
There's an AA group that meets here on Saturday mornings. 50 to 100 men and women who show up here every Saturday morning. Why? Because they're alcoholics. Because they don't have their lives together. Because they know that they need each other. Because they know that they have to gather every single week in person and admit to one another that they don't have it all together. And that's the same exact reason we gather here on Sundays. So God sees you. You're not alone. And then there's one more. There is another way. There is a radically different way that we can view ourselves and our lives. We don't have to keep carrying the burdens and the exhaustion of self-belonging. And that's where we're going to pick up next week. So let me pray for us. God, for those of us who are weary of working hard to fix things, whether it's our career or our relationships or our finances or our habits or our time management or whatever it is, God, would you help us admit and be honest about our weariness today? Would you help us admit our, the guilt we sometimes feel, maybe even the shame we feel when we can't get things together or when we have to cope to make things work? And more than anything else, God, would you help us to come to a place where we just have to come to you and recognize our deep dependence on the rest that only you can offer. Pray this in your name. Amen.